0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. All right. Air hug. Um, you know, back when I was uh, younger, I remember Y2K was a big kind of worldwide concern. How many of you guys remember Y2K? Uh, This is different than Y2K. Uh, This is uh, uh, much more uh, serious than Y2K. Y2K was a technological scare that all the computers would shut down. And so today what I want to do is talk about COVID-19 and kind of a, a biblical response uh, for North Valley, particular, each church is going to respond different, uh, but I want to help you kind of understand what's going on. And I'll get to my message program notes in in, in just a bit, but I want to spend some time kind of help share kind of what's going on. Um, i 'm going to talk to you more about uh, what 's happening in our state uh, than anything and uh, and so i 'll just move on from there but this this nineteen uh, virus is a real it is a very real threat and uh, to our our, our, our our state and to our country and to our world and so You know, the impact on the state currently is, as I understand, the Arizona Department of Health Services, which is a fantastic website. I'd encourage you to get your information from the Arizona Department of Health Services. Um, I spent the the week, last week, uh, working with some of the the health officials uh, out of the governor's office in meetings and conversations, and I was actually pleasantly surprised about what they were communicating. Right now, if you were to look on the website, you could see that they are not recommending any mass cancellations of, of events and services. Despite The Major League Baseball, despite Disneyland going down and Mickey Mouse is nowhere to be found, and despite uh, uh, Broadway shutting down, they're not encouraging that at this point in time. However, there are, as I understand, uh, 12 confirmed cases in the state of Arizona. That's more than 7 million people in our state. In our county, we have four confirmed cases. Let me talk to you about our county. Maricopa County is one of the largest counties in the United States of America. It's four plus million people. And right now there's our four confirmed cases. Um, however, uh, what the health officials are saying is please don't just wait and watch what the state does. Try to be connected to what your community is doing I talked on the phone extensively uh, this week with uh, Superintendent uh, Dr. Uh, Finch, uh, who oversees Deer Valley Unified School District. There are 35,000 children in the uh, DVUSD. Uh, The district is not closed down. There's not a single case in the district, so that's good news. Uh, In their partner schools that are connected to the North Valley, that would be Peoria School District, uh, Scottsdale School District uh paradise valley school district uh dr finch is a pretty experienced superintendent he said his response was uh, none of the districts as of uh uh, when i talked to him on thursday friday uh, he said are, are planning to shut down however they were saying that if any of the students traveled internationally that when they got back from spring break they had to check into the principal's office Hence is why we uh, uh, canceled our, our Mexico missions trip, which I'll get to more in a minute. But at a community level, it's just a real reality. So the schools are taking extra precautions. If you're a concerned parent with a kid in DVUSD, I would encourage you to go to their website uh, or any of the websites with your school your, and just find out what they're doing. Um, with uh, schools, uh, there's uh, as, as of um, the end of the week, there's been no plans on closures in the districts. Uh, I know a lot of the stores you see are closing. We have concerts that are closing. I got a disappointing email that my Zach Brown concert was canceled. I'm like, come on, man, what's the world come to? Even Zach Brown's going to close, close the, the concert. Um, the sporting events, Disneyland and all that. The churches. There's, there are churches that are going to respond differently. Uh, uh, many are suspending services, however. We're a part of one of the largest uh, church networks in the state. It's called Vision Arizona. If you'd like to look at the website, you'll see we are listed on that website. Um, a group of Christian uh, non-denominational churches working in collaboration with one another. And we, we work with best practices within that network. It's the largest church network in the Valley. It has the largest number of mega churches in the Valley. It has the largest number of medium-sized churches in the Valley uh, that are all in collaboration together. And all of them are, are operating today, including our friends over at Scottsdale Bible. They operated yesterday and and uh, they're operating this morning. Um, just because they're doing it doesn't mean we need to do it. Um, uh, but many are staying open. Uh, state officials are saying go to the sources. And so I would encourage you to do that. Again, Arizona Department of Health Services along with the CDC would be a very important for your family. You know, um, currently to date, as I understand, they're, worldwide there's 5,500 uh, folks that have died from this uh, impact of the coronavirus. That's worldwide. I do want to put this in contrast. There has been 20 up estimates to 50,000 people who have died this, year, this season to flu-related diseases alone. So every year, the flu season wipes out a, a number of vulnerable people with underlying health issues. And so uh, this flu uh, that we've had in, in years past and, to, and today, uh, not including the coronavirus, again, has wiped out twenty to 50,000 folks. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a normal statistic in our, our country. The coronavirus has affected in... Um, 5,500 um, have died from, from this spread of this disease. Um, what, what, are, what have we done as a church? That's what I want to answer now. Um, as a church, we've prayed and we've discussed best next steps with our leadership, leadership team, which include our staff and our elders. Uh, we've made procedural changes uh, we've canceled our Mexico missions trip due to border concerns, international travel restrictions, group dynamics, and other factors. Um, just this morning, if you saw in the Arizona Republic, uh, they, they're uh, restricting the borders and the access with Spain, as they are in other countries around the world. And it was a great concern. And we had other group dynamic issues where people were dropping off of the trip. And like I said, that was already a lean and mean trip. Um, that, that I'll speak more to, to what's going on and what we're going to do in the future in regards to Mexico in a minute. But uh, what have we done? We've limited the usage on our campus as well, and we'll continue to do so um, from outside visitors and, and people. Uh, we've discontinued uh, our relationship uh, with a homeschool community that uses it just for a, a, a period of time to suspend their usage of our campus. We have sought again wisdom from the government, uh, from the governor's Department of Health Services, and we are working in collaboration with DVUSD and our Vision Arizona Church Network. Uh, Additionally, we have decided to take this day by day. So, this is an evolving situation. So, whatever I tell you today, it could change tomorrow. That's how rapid these uh, kind of uh, epidemics, uh, pandemics, uh, can be. Um, so what are we doing as a church? Uh, well, number one, we're just going to evaluate everything. So we're going to evaluate as we move. It's one of our axioms as our church is you just constantly evaluate everything. Um, number two, we are going to offer safe and cleaner, small outdoor services. I got a picture of our, um, what's going to happen next week. So next week, we're going to be meeting in the courtyard. This is a unique opportunity that most churches don't have. I believe we have perhaps one of the best outdoor uh, church service venue options in in the valley, if not in the state. Um, What we're going to do starting next week, uh, we're going to do our services outside. So bring a hat uh, if you want to come. Uh, You might uh, bring a little uh, light uh, fleece or something like that if it's in the early morning and we 'll take this day by day, but our plans of for now is to offer a unique experience for folks that do want to gather and worship together uh, is to be able to do this outdoors. I did talk to the Department of Health Services about this with the faith-based groups and the nonprofits, and they said that's absolutely the best option a congregation could do is to have their services outdoors. And so uh, That'll be open air. Um, Can we spread the seats six feet apart? That's what some of the health officials say. Uh, That's if there is a contamination or something like that. We don't have any of that in our congregation. Again, we have four counts in all of Maricopa County, four plus million people, and all of those are being... Uh, dealt with appropriately. So we are going to offer safe, clean, smaller outdoor church services. I'm surprised at the attendance we have here this morning. Most churches in the Valley, um, they've dropped about 25 to 33% in their attendance uh, over the Saturday services. And that's due to two factors. Number one, it's spring break. Number two, there's a craze and a great concern with this coronavirus, which does need to be a concern. I would ask that if you're sick or you're not feeling well, you absolutely uh, shouldn't come to one of the services or any large gathering at all. You should refrain from being at work. For those of you that employ employees, you should be hyper-flexible with your employees to let them stay home. Um, You don't wanna force anybody in a fearful situation. And let me talk just for a moment to you as a congregationalist, somebody who's coming to this church, loves this church, and you're here today. Please do me a favor and help speak Uh, help uh, display the love of Christ to our friends that may not be here today because they are concerned uh, they might, uh, you know, spread the uh, disease or they're afraid for their uh, vulnerability and their health concerns. Don't ostracize them by acting holier than them because you're here today. Uh, There are a lot of folks, uh, we got a message saying, you know, well, I'm kind of a little um, concerned that Uh, You guys are gathering, it makes me feel like I'm not basically good enough or Christian enough to be there. That's not at all what we want to do. We want to encourage you if you don't feel comfortable coming at any point in time, that's your choice. And we honor that and respect that. Um, I am going to continue to push ahead. While there's a, a, a buzzword of social distancing, I think we should use a word called social responsibility. Uh, We don't want to distance ourselves in times of great need. If you look back on church history, when there's a crisis around the world, when there's an outbreak, what God's thinking about is outreach. And so as Christians, we have to realize that when there's crisis, then there's still a call for the Christian to respond in a godly and biblical way in the manner of this. Um, This is not a a crazy call to continue to gather and people are getting sick and all that. We're not doing that at North Valley, but we are trying to encourage you in a time of social distancing to exercise social responsibility. Uh, We need each other in times of crisis and there's power in the pack. And so, I, I want to continue to encourage you uh, to gather as you feel uh, you are well and healthy and we will continue to worship, but we're going to move it outside starting next week. As well, I'm going to start a brand new teaching series uh, to help us in these difficult times, to help us move forward away from fear and into faith. I want to call us to participate and contribute to make a difference in the ministry and in the missions of, of our local church. Um, Additionally, we are building that home in Mexico. I got an update uh, about the family and uh, the day that I announced the news to uh, the uh, Scott, the president of the mission organization, our partners down in Mexico, um, there was a, a rainstorm and then a rainbow. And uh, he was disappointed, and I can understand why, that uh, we canceled our trip. And um, that happened with a lot of prayer, consideration, and and I know it's hard for many of you. My family and I were looking forward to that for a very long time, um, and we were sad that we, we could not go. Um, on that day, though, um, Scott said, I can't believe this, but we've picked the family out, um, and we've just discovered their name. So this is the family that, we'll build, that we are building the house for. You say, how are we building the house for? Um, I'm asking everybody who contributed funds towards uh, the mission trip to let your funds continue to supply that. If you decide to pull your funds, we will refund you your money. However, it'll just be a greater loss to the church. Um, I believe God is at work in doing this. Listen to this story. So they pick this family out and they say, hey, we 've talked to Pastor Ryan and uh, his leadership team they 're not going to be able to come due to the concerns with border restrictions or uh, this outbreak, and they need to give leadership to their local church congregation and what 's going on there however we 're going to continue to build the house we 've assembled a team here on Mexico in mexico it 's not going to take three days it 'll probably take three weeks, but we still want to build you your your house. And they said, thank you so much. He said, oh yeah, one last detail. Can you please tell me your last name so I can share with Pastor Ryan your, the family name to be praying for? And the guy said, yeah, our last name is Corona. I, I kid you not. And uh, so I, I think God has a sense of humor in all this. So their last name is, so despite Corona, Corona is getting blessed, this family right here. So thank you guys. I think we need little signs like that to show God's involved in, in our ministry. Additionally, as well as you need to know, last week, 100% of the funds were given, and we have more than enough money uh, available to build this house for this family. So um, we got a message from the family we built last year, and they said, Thank you so much. We're going to, you know, for that you've done this for us because of you in North Valley. My family has a home. And so, guys, uh, we we've got to kind of keep up the. the the efforts to share and to show the love of Jesus Christ. So let's just celebrate that experience right there just for a moment. Um, Additionally, we're going to offer weekly messages online. Um, We will post those uh, on Monday or Tuesday following Sunday's message. So starting today, uh, we've got the camera rolling. And so if you miss a Sunday service because you're not feeling well or something's happening in your life, then from here on out, we're planning on starting to record all the messages and putting those online for any of us that need to stay at home. Who knows, guys? This could change the way we do church. Um, uh, I do think that this coronavirus is going to continue to, to be a challenge. I will say I'm very proud of our state and our community officials on how they're responding to this. And uh, it is a fine balance between faith and fear. And and we'll work through that some this morning in our message and in the weeks ahead. Um, Additionally, we are going to start a food drive for food insecure families in Deer Valley Unified School District. There are boxes outside today. Um, I asked Dr. Finch, uh, what would be a potential uh, uh, result of school's closures and whatnot? And he said, uh, there's going to be a lot of kids and families that are at the poverty line or lower than the poverty line in great need of food. They depend on Parents are uh, counting on childcare and childcare won't be there because the school's going to be closed at some point in time. You say to me, Ryan, well, you just said the districts are all open. They are. However, I will tell you that those superintendents get a lot of pressure from their boards and they close for liability reasons. Another reason why you see mass closures is because we live in a country where you will get sued for anything and everything. And so you have to think about the economics and the liability and the risk factors that come with some of these businesses that they just have to close in order to stay financially viable. And it's a challenging time. However, the school district has not issued any cancellations. The state said, we do not foresee mandating any closure of a school or a church. However, and by the way, the state can't mandate a church to close, but they can encourage. And we're going to be aware of that. And mindful of that, Um, but they, but the uh, Dr. Finch and other uh, superintendents say, in the event that those school districts close systematically, then there would be a major food crisis. So my encouragement to you now is something we could do, even if you didn't attend on a Sunday morning, is you could grab a food box and you could help us. And this church will become perhaps a little epicenter for emergency response to our community. Additionally, we're going to have to shift the way we think about doing ministry at some level or another. While we'll continue to do our existing ministries as of now, we need to invent and create new forms of ministry. There will be those that are going to be affected by this virus and are now that are what are called shut in or shut out. They're socially isolated because of health conditions or lack of family or support. And as a church, what we want to do is identify these folks. If you know people that are at your workplace or in your neighborhood that are socially ostracized, perhaps because they're sick or not well or whatever be the case, we as a church want to know. We have a a ministry team called the CARES team. And kind of how do we describe the CARES team? The CARES team is a community action response emergency service. And so we want to respond in this. We've got a trailer that we're building up right now and that we want to use it to, to, to give emergency response to, to help and assist. So. As a church Christian, as a Christian at North Valley, you need to think of yourself as an ambassador, a representative of Jesus and his church. And if you find out there's people in your workplace or in your neighborhood or in the community somewhere that need help and assistance, and you have to let one of our staff members know, and we wanna try to help respond and mobilize in this time. This is an ongoing, evolving situation, so we're gonna take it again day by day and keep you posted Additionally, I would say um, that the church, if we're not gathering, you need to know the church is a movement of people, not a building to attend once a week. The, The church is historically from the time that Jesus Christ gave the great commission. It's been a movement of people sharing and showing the love of Jesus Christ. It's not a church building to attend. So we are the church, ladies and gentlemen, and no matter what Corona does, we're still the church, but we need to behave like the church to share and to show the love of Jesus Christ. So with that being said, I want to start my message, all that was just introduction, Um, but like in my normal fashion, I think it's important to have a little bit of humor uh, despite the craze, humor heals. The Bible says that laughter is like medicine for the soul. So in a smorgasbord of information that you've been getting, uh, maybe you walk into Walmart and you see empty shelves like this. That's frustrating. That's hand sanitizer. So, I mean, I don't know. If you guys got a secret corner on the market, please let North Valley know. Uh, we, want, we have hand sanitizer here, but this is what I'm sure you're finding and that can create some anxiety and frustration. However, I will say that I talked to health experts, just soap and water will work, even if it doesn't say disinfectant, Uh, just 20 seconds. So I'm like, ai am a germaphobic. So every time, if you've ever seen me uh, sneak off and use hand sanitizer after I shake your hand, that wasn't due to COVID-19. That's just me. I've done that forever. Um, So I'm a little concerned. This is the reality. Um, some of my dog training friends, uh, I'm a, a, a quail hunter. I'm a part of an Arizona pointing club. And they're, they're saying, man, we've run out of every all our supplies and, and even on a personal note. And uh, they don't have any toilet paper. There's no toilet paper. And that's interesting to me. Why is the country going for toilet paper? It's like, I mean, don't we need food, you know? Uh, but no, we're, we're running out of toilet paper. And so one of the guys sent me this. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're, we're losing all this stuff. Additionally, I, you know, I saw uh, this uh, tweet come out the other day on the CDC about face shields. It says, let me try to read this. The CD, D, CDC said to avoid catching the coronavirus. Don't touch your face. Available at your local pet store in all sizes. So uh, additionally, the, uh, the announcement of no sports. So I, I got this notification on my phone. I'll read it to you. It says, news top stories, COVID-19 updates, NCAA cancels, March Madness, MLB and NHL postpone their seasons. Broadway goes dark and Disneyland will close. I was like, man, that is a bummer, but I understand. I'm glad we're doing that. Uh, but what about all my sports friends? And then I saw this tweet from Jared Jared tweeted this day two without sports, found a young lady sitting on my couch yesterday. Apparently she's my wife. She seems nice. Uh, If you saw the next tweet, it was really funny. He said uh, there's 36,000 retweets on that 200,000 likes. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Jared, you need to spend more time with your wife. What are you doing? Uh, let me pray for us and we'll get into the message. Heavenly Father, we need a strong dose of faith in a time that is fearful. We need to be calm when the world goes crazy. We need to be thinking about outreach when the world's thinking about outbreak. Help us, Lord, to be the church, to be wise and care for our families, but never lose focus on what you have done and who you are and that death is not our greatest fear. It's a life separated from you is our greatest fear. So we pray for courage and hope to rise up in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to try to cover this in the next 25 minutes or so. First uh, Peter 3.15 says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You're going to be challenged as a Christian about your hope. If you are faith-filled and not fearful in this time, you're going to be asked, what is going on in your life? What is this hope that you have? There are a lot of people that will be utterly afraid and paralyzed. And the Bible challenges us. The Apostle Peter wrote to a church that was experiencing all sorts of crisis and outbreak of of riots and tensions and cultural confusion. And the Apostle Paul says that we should be prepared and that we should be able to give a reason for the hope. So today what I want to do is talk to you about the Christian's hope beyond hand sanitizers or hazmats. It's a courageous and calculated response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Number one, as Christians, we always want to be proactive, not paralyzed. You want to be proactive and not paralyzed. As long as God has given you legs to walk, arms to move, uh, lungs to breathe, we've got to be proactive. The natural... Uh, gravity pull is down in a time of concern and crisis that we can be afraid and we can paralyze. I remember as a river rafting guide years ago, I was so afraid of, of the river. Uh, I was uh, asked to be a river guide on the, in the Arkansas River and through the Grand Canyon, through Arkansas River Valley, through the Colorado River. There was class three, four, and five white water. Uh, One day, there was a gentleman that fell over the boat, and he died. He drowned. The very next day, they said, Ryan, you're up. I remember going down that rapid. All I could think about was that Seidel's suck hole killed a man the day before. I had a group of people in my boat, and I literally got to the... uh, I knew the run. I'd practiced it a million different times. But I got in position. I queued up my oars. I had my paddle team on command, and I froze. I was absolutely paralyzed with fear, and I went straight into the suck hole. And I remember everybody went overboard. Everybody was underwater, popping up at different places around the river. River guides throwing bags, reeling people in, and all my guide team looking at me like, you idiot, what did you just do? I got to the shore. Funny enough, customers are very interesting. They thought it was just part of the fun. And they didn't know what happened the day before. Uh, They give me an extra big tip and say I saved their life. Now I'm like, no, I almost killed you. Um, What happened? I was paralyzed with fear. My boss pulled me aside and said, if you don't get your act together, you're off the river the rest of summer. I know that fear is locking you up because I've seen you run these rapids in months past. You're you're excellent. You should be a trip leader. But fear has got a hold of you. Friends, what I want to tell you is 2 Timothy 1, 6-7 tells us, For God did God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. In a time like this, we've got to learn self-control. We've got to learn how to control our emotions, our thoughts. It's very easy for our minds to always go to the worst case scenario. I always want to challenge you to let the facts be the fuel for your wisdom and your decisions. We've got to understand the difference between fear and faith. While the Bible calls us to live a life by faith, I think it's important for us to discern the difference between a healthy fear or an unhealthy fear. Unhealthy fears and healthy fears. You've got to have a respect, in a sense, for the, for the uh, tumultuous time that we are in. Uh, we, are Im- we are mortal beings, We are susceptible to sickness. We've got to be wise. We don't want to be foolish. Uh, For me, as I look back on that experience in the whitewater, I had an unhealthy fear. So much so that it paralyzed me from doing the responsibilities that I was supposed to do. When you have an healthy fear, you will be paralyzed and not proactive. When you have a healthy fear, you will be proactive, but you will, be, you will take precaution. You will be calculated, but you won't go crazy. You're going to be able to stay calm when the world's moving in chaos. Friends, do we need to be afraid? I would say you need a healthy fear. Uh, proverbs Proverbs um, 9.10 talks about that fear is the beginning of wisdom. When we fear the Lord, there's a healthy respect for who God is and who we are. We are people that are fragile in a sense. And so as a church and as a Christian, when you hear the craziness, you will see, and some of the preachers in the days ahead will just say, live by faith and Corona's all around them. I mean all around them. And they, they could be calling you into or other believers into foolishness is what I would say. We have to take precaution and it's a, it's a gray area. But I think it's important to understand the difference between an unhealthy fear and a healthy fear. And I think it's the difference between being paralyzed and being proactive. Ephesians 5 15 through 16, the apostle Paul says, look carefully then how you walk. Uh, that's how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Uh, we live in a broken world. That's what he means by the days are evil. We live in a, in a time, in a, in, a, in a God's redemptive history where the world is not as it ought to be. There's sickness, there's sin everywhere. And so there's this call for the Christian to live with wisdom. So my encouragement to you is to be wise and make the best use of your time. This means with your family, means with your workplace, in your worship, in your witness. And as we walk together as believers, we want to be wise. Uh, Number two, I would challenge you that that we need to know where we are in God's stories and how to tell others. What do I mean by this? I'm going to do a, a Christian worldview on you real quick to help you understand why the things the way they are. First, in chapter one of God's redemptive story is God created the entire world with peace and harmony. The animal life, the plant life, the people life, everything was in harmony. There is no sin in the world in the very beginning in Genesis chapter one, and everything God created was in harmony, and he says it was good. And then, and then there is chapter two in the story of God's story on our world is that there is the fall. The fall the theological category, time period in which sin entered the world. And the Bible says, Romans 5.12, it says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and that one man is Adam, death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. What does this mean? This means that the whole world is... Uh, uh, affected or infected like a virus with sin. Everything that we have in our lives, everything that we see is not as as it should be. When you see sickness, when you see virus, when you see murder, when you see rape, when you see corruption, when you see bigotry, when you see all of the sin around you and the effects, it's a result of the world's fallenness, brokenness. The world is in this fallen state. Where are you now? You are in god 's redemptive plan, where while sin has entered the world and we are in the chapter two, we are also in chapter three as Christians. There, that is the rescue. In Luke chapter 1910, Jesus said that he came to rescue to, to save the lost, um, that, that uh, Romans Romans tells us that God loves us and that he gave himself up for us. First Timothy 1.15 tells us that the saying is trustworthy and deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is the message. We live in the rescue period time frame. When, while we live in a fallen world and there is earthquakes, there is fire, there is corruption, there is corona, there is all this stuff going on, we do have the hope of a rescue. And it's not there that we just can experience eternal life for all those who place their faith in Jesus Christ, but it's the hope of chapter four in God's story, the restoration You and I as Christians ought to be the most hopeful people. Chapter four in the story of God's story is the restoration that he will renew all things and make all things new that one day there will be no sin or sickness. And so for you and I, we're kind of holding out. We're kind of in between uh, living in chapter two of the fall uh, we are assisted with the great rescue in chapter three of Jesus coming to our world and saving sinners, but yet we're still awaiting this restoration, and that day has not yet come, but that day will come. And so what, do I, what I want to encourage you is I want to encourage you to be wise, and I want to encourage you to calculate the worst-case scenario. I was in business school and I was on my way to uh, opening up more businesses and and doing that before I was to start a church. And and this was always a helpful practice in figuring out what would be the worst case scenario. Uh, Some leaders and uh, uh, motivational speakers or business experts say, you know, begin with the end in mind. What if at the end this all went bad? What if, you know, you you caught Corona, you caught COVID-19, the, the worst-case scenario for anybody right now is, is death. That's the worst-case scenario. Uh, the Christian death, you need to know, means eternal life in heaven. <laughs> Our greatest fear should not be death, not at all. Uh, uh, the, the Christian uh, death is to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Uh, Jesus says in in John chapter 14, verses two through four, that he's preparing a place for us. Um, Revelation tells us it's a place where there's no more sin, sorrow, or sickness, but that we we will be with God and all things will be made new. The apostle Paul says to the church in Colossae that we need to keep heavenly mindsets. So in a time where there's tragedy or there's great fear, I wanna challenge you, Calculate the worst case scenario. Uh, somebody said it to me earlier. They said, I'm not afraid. And I said, Well, you might need a little bit of fear. You don't want to be stupid. But they said, I'm not afraid of death. And I, I, I think there is a, a courageous mindset in that that we shouldn't be afraid of death. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The greatest concern in this, I think, is for the non Christian. For the non-Christian, this, if death means eternal damnation in hell. I don't speak on the subject a whole lot, not because I'm trying to avoid it, but it's, it's something that uh, 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 the apostles and, and, they, they spend the, and Jesus spend most of their time talking about eternal life. But the reality is, is that the greatest concern, I think, is that a world of people could, instead of turning from their fears and turn towards faith in Jesus Christ is look to somebody or something other than Christ and not be, be separated from the love of God and the life with God. Hell is said to be a place of eternal torment, a place that's reserved for Satan and demons. It's an eternal state. It's not a temporary state. I've listed a number of biblical passage passages in reality of that. But friends, you and I have to calculate the worst case scenario. And the Bible does teach of such a place as heaven and of hell, and eternal life and eternal damnation. And as the church, you, we say, what is our responsibility? That brings me to our last point, is our responsibility is to share and show the love of Jesus Christ. We should share and show the love of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to share the love of Christ? 1 Peter 3.15, uh, helping expand that just a little bit, it says, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. As we continue to worship together, as we continue to move forward in our faith, I want to challenge you constantly to open your mouth and share about Jesus Christ. There's, when, when the world is thinking about outbreak, I think God is thinking about outreach. When the world's going crazy, I think God's trying to call us to a place of being calm. And it, it's gonna, when the world is going fearful, the Christian is called to be faithful. And it's a challenge. And you and I, we do have a great hope. We can calculate the worst case scenario and go, the worst case scenario is I'm, I'm eternally in a place of blessing. A new heaven, a new earth is to come. I have a great hope. Uh, and this message about Jesus should get out. Some of you are going to suffer for doing what's right. You're going to make a decision for your faith and your family in the coming days. Let's look back at that passage in 1 Peter 3.15. It says, even if you should suffer for what is right what is right for you, maybe it's not right for somebody else. And so somebody else is going to push on you and say, I don't respect your decision. I don't respect your ideas about your faith and, and all that stuff. And you're going to suffer. You're going to be insulted. You're going to be persecuted in the coming weeks, and the coming months, perhaps, for your faith. I would say, do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened but in your hearts, revere, and that word revere also means fear. Uh, It's a deep respect for Christ as Lord, and be prepared. Be prepared for what? To give an answer, that you have a great hope. Uh, Well, they say, why is the world the way it is? You say, because it's the fall. Sin entered through one man and spread to everybody else like a virus. That's why give biblical categories, help people understand where we are at in the story. But Christians have a great hope. Number one, we get a rescue. Number two, we get a restoration. Phoenix is going to be beautiful. A redeemed city, a garden city. I think it'll be, from, it'll be, from a, desert, it'll be a desert garden. It's going to be a great place, even better than now. Friends of mine have gone down to uh, Mexico and they're like, man, I wish that we had uh, the beachfront. Maybe I wish Arizona would have just moved further south and had this. And uh, my response has always been as well, if we did, prices would be higher than San Diego. You know, we would have commercialized it like crazy. You know, hey. But in God's new world, the best beaches, the best places, it's all better and bigger and more beautiful. And so as Christians, we have a great hope, not only that we get a rescue, but we get a restoration. And so I want to challenge you to Open your mouth and not be afraid to share. It means being a Christian witness at North Valley. We want to call you to what's called relational evangelism. You just, you just relate to people, connect to people. You may invite them to a church service in this time period. It'd probably be better if you just encourage them, help them minister to them, uh, help mobilize the church that is gathering to serve them. Despite if they're Christian, non-Christian, we're going to share the love of Jesus Christ. Um, as it relates to this, is, uh, this is why the, part of the reason why as a church, I think that there needs to continue to be, in a time of great fear, a proclamation of Jesus in Bible teaching in this time period. And we can do that through outdoor spaces and online gatherings, and uh, that'll be important in the days ahead for us to do that corporately and yet individually as well. Additionally, we need to show the love of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? When when Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We need to do everything that we can to do good works. Ephesians taught us, the Apostle Paul taught us, that we were created for these good works, you and me, and that we are God's workmanship. We're not scrap wood in the woodpile, according to God. We are his workmanship. God is a craftsman. He's not a cookie cutter. And he created you and me for good works. He created this church individually and yet corporately for good work. I think perhaps one of the good works that he has for us is to assist and care for and prepare for uh, the folks that are going to be in need. If that food shortage isn't in Deer Valley Unified School District, it will be in our, somewhere in our valley or in our state. And we need to be prepared. We can do something. Additionally, we need to think about our neighbors. We need to think about our, uh, those our coworkers that may be affected. And our community cares team, community action response emergency services is a great example of how to show the love of Jesus Christ. If you want to be involved, if you want to take a next step and say, you know what? I want to be a part of showing the love of Jesus Christ. I want to be a part of that CARES team. I want you to just maybe fill out that Connect card or just grab one of our staff members and say, hey, I want to to be a part. Um, Steve Sutton is here. Steve, would you stand up just for a second so everybody can see Steve? Steve leads this team up and is one of our elders here at the church, and he leads that team up. Um, So I want to tell you guys, I think that... uh, We are in an interesting time, but we're not in a time where I think that we need to freak out. We need to stay focused and we need to stay faithful. Um, What does faithful look like? It means being wise. It means uh, getting all the facts straight and uh, taking it day by day. I promise that North Valley will evaluate everything. We'll make plans accordingly. um, And we're gonna do all that we can to preserve and protect a, a safe, clean worship experience. So let me pray for us. And I pray that this message is applied to you in your life. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to preach, to teach, to lead. Lord, I pray for all our our folks here today. Um, Lord, for those that may not know you, I pray that they would place their faith in, in you today. They say, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I don't know. I pray that just a simple prayer like this, dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my sin. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord today. I confess him as my Lord and Savior, save me. And Lord, for all of my friends here today that are just need more faith and more courage uh, and wisdom, I pray that you'd grant them that. Your word says, uh, if anybody lacks wisdom, they, they can ask of you and that you give it graciously. So Lord, we pray for our church ahead and Lord, for our community and our country as have been affected and um, impacted negatively by this uh, COVID-19, we pray for them, the comfort, and for the church all around our valley and our state to rise up and to find creative ways to minister yet while being safe and wise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.